How to Get Your Creative Dreams Off the Ground and Rock Forward with Pure Awesomeness with award-winning musician, producer, and songwriter Jeff Lizowitz on episode number 168 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. One of the things I believe is that at its best, creativity is a way for us to be seen, expressed, healed, and connected. Hi, this is Joe Sanok, the author of Thursday is the New Friday, where I help you work fewer hours, make more money, and spend time doing what you want. Dr. Brad Miller is here with you on the Beyond Adversity podcast, helping you to crush adversity and achieve peace, prosperity, and purpose. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through. Head on over to drbradmiller.com for over 160 episodes of the podcast, which will speak into your life and help you to have a life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. We have a free gift for you there. Let me ask you something. Have you ever wanted to let your creative flag fly and let whatever song is in your heart, whatever book is in you, whatever artistic expression is in your life and let it come out, but you feel a bit suppressed by that, or you just don't feel like you have the skills and the ability to do a thing about it. We're going to speak to that here today with our special guest, Jeff Lizowitz. He is an accomplished artist and musician in many areas of life. And he has written plays, and he's a playwright, screenwriter, and songwriter. He has been awarded many awards in his life in this area. And he's also a filmmaker and an in-demand coach for creative folks. That's what we're going to talk about here today. He has a personal passion to help empower people like you to tap deeply into your creative hearts to live a richer more fulfilling life. We're going to learn a few things here today. We're going to learn about the creative process. We're going to learn about what it means to be a writer or an artist or a musician and how it's important to fail, but to fail fast and to accomplish more that way and how to push through difficult challenges and some of the step-by-step processes that you can do to accomplish great things As an artist, you're going to learn those things. We're also going to talk about what it feels like for him. He says he tells a story of being a bit of a kind of what is he as a self-described weird kid who was kind of lonely and how music and a musician helped draw him out and get him connected to to help him to express himself in life and to become an accomplished musician in his own life in his own right, and how his own process now is going to help you to be inspired to do great things in the arts. When you come back on the other end of the interview, we're going to talk about what you absolutely can do 
the action points that you can take to accomplish this in your life. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity is Jeff Lizawitz. He blogs at jefflizawitz.com. It's J-E-F-F-L-E-I-S-A-W-I-T-Z.com. You can find him there. But right now, you're going to find him right here with me and with you here on Beyond Adversity. So let's get into that conversation right now. Jeff, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Well, hello, and thank you, and thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you here. You've got quite a story to, to tell about what you've been involved with in your life, especially in the arts and how you've uh, been an artist of various forms yourself, uh, music and drama and so on, and you're helpful to other people. What we're about here is how we can use various various processes to help people to navigate uh, when bad things happen, when they get stuck. And I'd like to hear maybe a little bit of your story, perhaps about a time when maybe you were a little stuck or a little in a place where perhaps what you teach now, uh, music and getting through the arts was helpful to you. Tell us a little bit about Jeff. Sure. This one goes back quite a long way for me. I was what you, <laughs> you might call, what I might call myself, a weird, friendless kid. You know, little kid growing up, sort of in my own world, making up, you know, sort of magical situations and stuff like this. Uh, when I was maybe seven or eight years old, I went to a summer camp in Pennsylvania where I grew up and also had a tough time making friends there. This was a sleepaway camp. Mm-hmm. Every night after dinner, there was what they would call free play, where the kids would just sort of run amok. And this particular summer, which was in the sort of late 70s, there was an empty cabin. And one of the counselors, you know, 20 year old or something like that, brought up a drum kit and a 70s stereo and a couple of boxes of records, like milk crates of records. And as you know, in the 70s, that's when the really good music was happening. Led Zeppelin and Bowie and Billy Joel and all that great stuff. My, my wife says I'm stuck in the 70s, but 1978 is kind of where I'm stuck sometimes. <laughs> it's a good year to be stuck musically. I'll take that. There you, there you go, man. <laughs> so every night this guy would go to this empty cabin and put on these records and play the drums. And I was a little kid and I didn't have any friends. So I would just sort of sit under this tree near this cabin and, you know, the, the sun was going down and the fireflies were coming up. And I'd listen to this guy play and I was just sort of mesmerized. Like, what was going on in there? You know, I'm a little kid. What do I know about a drum kit and rock music? Um, and then one day this guy comes out and he sees me sitting there and he's like, hey, kid, come here. I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> so he's like, do you want to come in and check this out? I'm like, yeah. So I go into this little cabin and all it is, is a drum kit and a stereo and the two of us. And he puts on the Who song, Won't Get Fooled Again, wow. which you may know from your you know classic uh, rock archives. I actually went to and a this concert about three, or three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good man. So he he plays the drums to the song. And as you know, that one's a serious rocker, right? Absolutely. He's going bananas. And my heart, my whole experience, uh, you know, consciousness is kind of just like exploded in that moment. I'm like, this is a big deal. So I go home, you know, at the end of the summer, I'm like, mom, you know, I want to rock. 
So I didn't end up starting with drums, but I got a guitar and started playing guitar. And through music and through the community that music opened up, I guess you would say for me, I found lots of friends and lots of community, you know, other guitar players, other drummers, you know, we started these little bands in high school and played the cover songs. By now it was the eighties and I was doing, you know, the new wave songs and stuff like that. But simply being into a thing, being into creativity, or in this case, you know, music specifically, it opened up these doors of commonality and really helped me sort of find my tribe, people who love the same things as passionately as I did, Um, you know, whether it was just listening to records, which was a huge part, and then even more so, let's, let's sit here and, you know, write a song, or let's, you know, practice these songs that we love on the radio or MTV and then play them at the high school party. So that really kind of opened up my experience and really, and really since then in my life has been a huge part. Almost all my friends are creative partners or fans or something like that in one way or another. Isn't that cool how you had that really that pivotal transitional moment where someone had invited you in and introduced you to something totally uh, different and got you involved with mm-hmm. the arts and that that changed everything didn't it you ever think about it sure what did. Would, you ever think what would track in your life if you hadn't had that moment maybe how that's uh, that's a very yeah it's a very good question because so much of my life has been around or through and with music we could go into my whole bio but we don't have time for that um yeah i mean who knows i mean i, I would sort of think that if it didn't happen in that moment, in another moment, I would have connected in a different kind of way. Sure. sure. You know, like I, I had a babysitter as a little kid and she would come over and she would play the classic rock radio. And I remember her saying, this is good for you. You know, listen to it. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I get it. It was Rolling Stones. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? Wow. That is awesome, man. That is awesome. So it sounds like then you not only had that moment where that changed for you, but then you did something about it. You know, a lot of people like music. You know, I like music. Most everybody likes music. But you did something about it. You took some actions to become a musician and to get really involved with this process. So what were some of the actions that you took then to help you to then grow in this area and to, you know, have some sense of uh, affirmation and success. Sure. Um, well, I mean, that was certain, certainly a ton of different steps, but it kind of started out as a teenager. I was, you know, wanted to play guitar and, you know, my mom was like, you need a hobby. You need a hobby. You're, you know, you're laying around watching TV all day and turning into a delinquent type. I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Play guitar. And she's like, okay. So they got me this, this, or actually there was a, an acoustic guitar laying around the house and she got me this teacher and it was terrible. It was just no good. And we actually went through probably several teachers in my, you know, tweens, I guess, although they didn't call it that then. And um, by the time I was 14 or 15, I was like, look, I really want to play this guitar, but I have to pick my own teacher and I have to have an electric guitar. Okay. And, you know, they were like, eh, okay, fine. So they got me, you know, a piece of crap electric guitar. And I found this long-haired rocker guy teacher. And 
And I said to this guy, look, I don't want to learn how to read music off the page. I don't want music theory. I, I just want to rock. Yeah. And this guy's like, okay. And that's when it really turned on because he taught me in a way that's very different than most people learn music. And that, you know, that's, that's where I went to the, you know, went to the next level and then just started playing in bands. Then I got a four track tape recorder um, back in the eight, back in the eighties in high school, which allowed, allowed you to record, um, you know, multi-tracks and make songs and stuff. Yeah. Now it's computers and iTunes. Right. Right. So guitar is your main thing then back then at least. Back then it was, yeah. Then, then it got into bass, then synthesizers. Now I'm the whole deal. I've written and recorded hundreds of songs. I teach songwriting in college. I've got thousands of placements on film and TV, won an international award, all kinds of stuff. Well, so your action you took to get involved with music has made a huge difference with you, right? Well, let me say to your listeners, it has been a struggle. There, it also has been a joy, but sure. it has also been a struggle the whole time, right? Once I got into it, my parents were like, yeah, this is a hobby. And I'm like, this, this ain't no hobby. This is my heartbeat, right? And that did not go over well because they were, you know, they don't want their kids to try to be a rock star. It's impossible, you know, and it was. So that was difficult. And then, you know, I get into the biz and yeah, I've had a lot of success. I've had, you know, a hundred times more failures than successes. That's for sure. And that's part of the pro- that's part of the process here with getting beyond adversity means you have to not only take action, but when something bad happens, you have to. Uh, push through it or find a, a strategy or methodology. And that's one of some stuff we like to talk about here, here, Jeff. And one of the things I think is important that I have never, you know, I've been blessed in my life to be in a, I'm, I'm not a musician myself, but I'm kind of the DJ. That's kind of my perspective. I was the record guy, you know, I played the, you know, the music, the top 40 music back in the day and all kinds of stuff. And I've become from one of that perspective, but I've been around a lot of musicians and almost every musician I've ever been around talks about what you just said a second ago, Jeff, it's my heartbeat. It is who, you know, who I am. It resonates with me. And it's, and for many people, it's kind of, I know it's a deep, 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 emotional, spiritual type of a thing. And I'd like for you to talk for a minute mm-hmm. about, about the, the importance of somehow making a, some sort of a spiritual or mindful connection, either through music or something else that can be uh, transformational, that you connect with something greater than yourself. Is that part of your experience, first of all? And if so, just unpack it for me a little bit, please. I would agree 100% that at its best, that is what creativity is. It's, it is a connection within yourself and to the universe or to a higher consciousness or whatever you want to call that. It doesn't happen all the time at that level. In fact, it, you know, rarely happens at the high, like super flow state, but it does happen at different levels, you know, for different people at different times when you're writing a song and that melody or that lyric just comes to you. That is not something that you can, you know, you can learn, you can learn about writing lyrics, you can learn about chords and playing and stuff. But the the truth is the big stuff always comes from a place sort of a, outside of ourselves and kind of through us. And it is very interesting. I'm sure you've seen this. You can listen to a thousand 
interviews or read a thousand interviews with rock stars and artists of all kinds, painters and writers, and they'll all tell you exactly the, you know, a version of the same thing, which is at its best, I kind of get out of the way and let the music come through me. It's just, it happens to be my fingers or my voice or something like that. So yes, tapping into that is huge. You know, one of the things I believe is that at its best, creativity is a way for us to be seen, expressed, healed, and connected. So what do I really mean by that? To be seen out there in the world, we're really often not particularly seen. When you're driving down the freeway, or you're on the internet, something like that, you know, you're not seen at all. Um, then you have your closer people that it might be your acquaintances, maybe your people at work, you know, people that you kind of know, they kind of know you, but not really. Then you've got your inner circle. And that's, you know, your good friends, kids, your wife, husband, you know, that kind of thing. Hopefully they know you and get you, but often not that, not, not totally let's uh-huh. put it that way. So that's that. The expressed part is, in my definition, is simply moving from the potential to the actual. So think of a dancer who knows all the dance moves, but on Saturday night, she's sitting in the corner while the disco ball's going and the beat's thumping. In that moment, she's not expressed as a dancer. But when she gets on that dance floor, she is expressed, just like a poet with a, with a pile of poems on, on her desk. You know, she's expressed as a poet when she's writing the mm-hmm. poems. So you got the scene expressed. What's healed? Well, when we create from an authentic and vulnerable place, there is some kind of catharsis, some kind of healing. And I think any artist who who has been there or can get there or is willing to go there understands this. Through their art, we are healed in some kind of way. And maybe this is some kind of traumatic experience that we're healed from, but it doesn't have to be this big, dark thing either. It can also be like, you know, what's the healing in a love song? The healing in a love song is like, wow, thank goodness all of the loneliness and isolation is over and I have this new love. So when we are seen, expressed, and healed through our creativity, we give that gift of our creativity to the world. And by the world, I don't necessarily mean Madison Square Garden and the top of the New York Times book list or whatever. It can be two people. It can be just your small group, whatever. When you give your gift of creativity to the world, this is where it gets really cool. When you give your gift of creativity to the world, you become the gift because you show others that they can be seen, expressed, and healed. And that is what connects us all. And if there's something in the world that is severely missing and screwed up at this point, it is the connection, the deep connection between people, the empathy and the understanding. And that's why arts are so powerful, whether it's your favorite song or your favorite movie. The reason why it's your favorite is because it speaks to you in some important way that's, that nothing else really can. And that, that connection you're speaking about there, Jeff, is transformative. It makes it changes yourself. And then when it's done well. It changes others, even if it's just, you know, humming a lullaby to my daughter or my granddaughter. I have two granddaughters now and or just, you know, the two of us or, you know, I was speaking or singing for a stadium full of people uh, that's transformative uh, to other people. But what I'm interested now, Jeff, is a little bit of the how to. 
limited the disciplines, the, you know, transformation, what you're describing is exciting. It's ethereal. It is, you know, it's, it's a high, right? It's a, it's a high when you have these moments, but you also mentioned how there's, you know, challenges and adversities to go through and that's discipline, that's process, that's habits, that's practice. You know, you don't get good at that guitar unless you practice. So tell us a little bit about your process to help this to happen, you know, either you're a songwriter, I know, and other things. What are some of the practices or disciplines or processes that you use to help yourself and then maybe help others to gain some of this, uh, the connection that you speak of, the seeing, expressing, connected? So the first part is always to understand the why or the intention. It's And by the way, this is not just for creativity. To understand why you are doing something will, when you deeply and truly understand that, will open up an energy flow within you so that you are more aligned with what your truth is. And if you're not aligned with what your truth is, then you can align it, right? If you don't know why you're doing something, it, you know, you're probably on the wrong path, I would say. So the first thing we, we want to do as a creative is understand why are we doing this, right? Once you understand that for yourself deeply, then yes, it turns into this, you know, this process. So discipline, right? I'm going to work on music, you know, an hour a day every day or all day Saturday or whatever your deal is. It's a great idea to have a chart, like just you know, write out what you want to do and literally chart it, which sounds a little bit ridiculous. You mean like a, like a but board actually, or a journal or something on paper yeah. or something like that? Okay, I'm yeah. with you. Something on paper where actually I've got mine right about here. You can just oh, kind of yeah. see those are the things that are happening and what are not happening in my world. Right. By keeping this visible and keeping it sort of in your face, it gives you automatic feedback. And humans are not that difficult to hack. When we get automatic and, and quick feedback, we respond to it, right? That's why like when you're a little kid and the teacher takes, you know, three weeks to grade your spelling test, you don't even care by the end of it. But the next day you care, right? So that's why we want to have this feedback. So, you know, you can set that up, set up your priorities, look at your goals. It's always a good idea to look at, um, you know, start with the end in mind, which is something, a line from uh, Stephen Covey, a guy who wrote, um, you know, Habits of Highly Effective People. Just basically know where you're going and why you're going there. And really, if you can step into that um, and commit to it, you will see progress. It's, you know, you're not going to finish your album in the first, or your novel or something in the first five seconds. But... If you do it every day, it will work, you know, eventually progress on it. And, and then your changes then personally and to others are incremental, but they are sustained then, but you got to have the discipline and the habits to do that. And if you kind of ingrain those, and I love your tool there, you talk about, you know, some, uh, some artistic types and sometimes myself included when I do writing, it's kind of waiting for inspiration to strike. And uh, sometimes inspiration strikes when you have discipline yourself that for, you know, 
30 minutes today, I'm going to write in my journal or I'm going to practice the guitar or whatever it is, even if you're not feeling it, so to speak, sometimes it comes. And uh, is that exactly. a fair, is that a fair thing to say, Jeff, from your experience? Yes. Waiting for inspiration to strike always sounds very romantic and all of this, but it's really not what a professional does, right? A professional, you know, or, or someone who's got a, a serious goal does the work and we, and the inspiration will happen while you're doing it. It's like, you know, you want to take a cool picture. Okay. What should I take a picture of? Well, why don't you walk around the city and see what's yeah. there? You know, it's not going to, it's not going to walk into your, yeah. uh, your house and pitch in the face with it usually. Let's, let's yeah. talk for a minute. You've already mentioned it about how the art then impacts other people. And I'd like you to talk for a minute about kind of the emotional part of it in terms of other people and how what your art can not only serve yourself, but can serve others, or maybe the relationships that you have can be helpful in this whole process, working with a band, for instance, or other things that you can have. Tell us a bit about the importance of serving other people or being served or the emotional element of relationships as it comes to to the arts and, you know, personal and transformation of other people to, as you say, to, to be seen, expressed and connected. Right. So as an audience member, uh, I'll take it back to a story or a thought. My, my screenwriting mentor, I'm also a screenwriter and I was fortunate to be mentored by the, the top teacher at UCLA, one of the top guys really in the world. And he's got this theory that, you know, stories kind of help us express, experience the world from a safe place. So if you go back, you know, a zillion years, you've got, you know, the cavemen. And what do they do on on the wall? They draw a picture of a bunch of guys with spears. And here's a big beast over here. And they somehow communicate like, okay, we're going to, you know, surround this thing and we're all going to get them. And it's very safe to talk about that in the cave. There's no beast that's going to, you know, eat your head off if, you do it wrong. So that's the beginning of storytelling. Now you come, you know, into the modern world and let's just say, you know, a romantic comedy movie. Okay. A romantic comedy, the basic premise of these things is generally, you know, the woman has the choice between the guy who really loves her and who's kind of nerdy or something like that. And, you know, the rich guy who's a jerk. And of course she goes back and forth. She ends up she, you know, goes down the path of the jerk guy and comes around and finds true love, you know, at the end. So we can learn as an audience member that, hey, you know what? Maybe we should go for the substance in relationships and love and really in, in all things. So we can we can transmit these kinds of ideas and connect to our, you know, our audiences through our art. And so and then when that happens it's kind of magical, isn't it? When it really, when those things happen, it's really. It, it absolutely is because, you know, as an audience member, when you think about your favorite book or your favorite uh, movie or story or, you know, stand up comedian or whatever, it communicates something that makes us feel a little bit more like we're not so alone in the world. Right. Because although every human has a very different experience in their life. You know, there's billions of people. None of them have the exact same path. You know, it's everyone's different. 
but the themes of our lives are very similar. Everyone wants respect. Everyone wants to have love. Everyone wants to make a difference in the world. Everyone has challenges and traumas and things like this, right? They're all different, but they're all kind of similar in a way too. So great art sort of has this intersection between what's general, meaning, uh, you know, a a story about like the... um, you know, the uh, romantic comedy, the story where it's, you know, this love story and the specifics of how does this specifically relate to me? Like a great lyric uh, from Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Just a small town girl living in a lonely world. She took a midnight train going anywhere. So this speaks specifically to a woman in a small town who needs to escape, right? So guess how many small town women need to escape? A lot, right? And then the next line, city boy in South Detroit also needs to escape on that midnight train. Well, now now we're talking about people who live in cities. Well, that's basically everybody else. And then the man, that's basically everybody else there too. So in two lines, this guy, Steve Perry, has, has spoken to everyone who needs to get out by being both general and specific. Amazing. And of course, and then you back that with the power of Steve Perry's voice and the band and everything comes together to give it resonance, to give it power, to give it energy. And, and I take it, that's what you want to do. You know, Jeff is you want to help people do this, don't you? You want to help this to happen. In fact, you say you want to inspire and teach writers, artists, songwriters, musicians, filmmakers, uh, arts organizations, and anybody with a heartbeat to amp up their vision, tap in their potential and shine in the world is what you say on your website. So how are you doing that? I know you have a coaching program. And then I would love to hear an example of a person or a situation that has, you know, had some transformation under your leadership and come out to uh, accomplish something cool. Yes. When we create, if we can tap into our truth and the vulnerability of our, our experience and then have the skills to create some kind of art from that, whether it's writing a book or a story or a song or a painting or whatever the thing is, that's the magic sauce. And by the way, it does not, you do not have to be particularly well skilled on the craft. Okay. People think, oh, I got to be a perfect guitar player before I write a great song. Not true. You think of the Sex Pistols, the punk band, right? And what these guys could barely play, but they were so angry. And they put that anger into those songs and bam, they changed the world. Everybody, you know, got that. They're like, you don't need a great song. You need a melody and the vibe, the feeling, the emotion. So that is, you know, one of the many things that I coach people do is try to tap in to what is really true for them, even if it hurts even if it's joyful, whatever it is, and then like funnel that through their skills as a writer, songwriter, singer, 
and create the best art right. that can. Can, that's can you give us an art. example of a situation or a person that you've seen kind of this transformation happen where all of a sudden they had this aha moment where they got it and you were able to be a part of it in some form or another and something really amazing happened? Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I coached a woman who had a, a stillbirth. Very tragic. It like really messed her up. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, a year or two later, she's like, I want to write about this. And we went through this experience and, you know, helping her tap into this, helping her write about this. And uh, I believe that through this experience, she eventually let go of all of that heaviness, you know, that was holding her down and, and, you know, stopping her from moving forward in her life. And yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was pretty intense. When you see life transformation happen and you have any part to play in it, uh, at least from my perspective, uh, boy, there's just nothing better, nothing better than than, that. Yeah. But tell us if people want to get a you know, understand a piece of what you are about, Jeff. I know you got a coaching program. You're an accomplished artist in your own right. And how can people, uh, mm-hmm. well, what would they find on your website, for instance, or what are they going to find? Uh, what kind of process, what kind of coaching, what's going to be involved with that? And where can they find you? Sure. Well, uh, you can find me on the website, jefflizowitz.com. If you can get even close to spelling it right, you'll get there. Um, Hopefully, Brad, you can put a link there somewhere in your show notes. And yeah, I'm happy to do, uh, you know, introductory coaching sessions with people to see how I can help them. And really, every client is different in ways and similar in ways. So, you know, what we would do first is really just assess where you are what might be stopping you, et cetera, et cetera. And I I sort of work on two levels. The one level is, you know, sort of some of the stuff we talked about, understanding your priorities, what's your why, you know, getting some good habits together, you know, things like that. And then I also work on a level, which I call the sort of inner world, which is the psychological or subconscious aspects of ourselves, which may be holding us back. Right. We all have beliefs and identities that are subconscious. We're not really thinking about them, but they affect everything in our lives. So if you believe that, you know, you're smart and good looking and capable, that's great. And you run everything in your life kind of through that. But if you have some kind of subconscious belief that's based on, you know, the world's out to get me or I quit when things get hard, eventually those things are going to, you know, get you. So we go in and we do some guided meditations and some various other techniques and things and sort of work both of these so that we can rock forward into pure awesome. Uh, rock forward into pure awesome. That sounds like a t-shirt right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rock forward. Yeah. Rock good. forward to pure awesome. I love that. Well, it's been that's a pleasure great. to have you uh, with us today on Beyond Adversity. You just, you Jeff, you've given us some real cool processes about something I'm really just, I'm just kind of a, I'm a, I'm a nut about classic rock is really what I'm, what I'm about and uh, love that kind of stuff, but also to see how people can transform in music and the arts 
certainly touches people on a heart level, as you as you have said, and appreciate what, what you do. And we look forward to hearing more from you. And we'll put connections to your website and everything else in our on our website at drbradmiller.com so that people can come to you, Jeff uh, Lisowitz, and how they can then be seen, expressed, and connected to the world. Okay, thanks so much to Jeff Lizowitz for being with us today on Beyond Adversity. Uh, I promise you, we're going to learn, not only learn from Jeff, we're going to feel his story, but we're going to do something about it. We learned about how important it is to be a creative person and get it expressed. We also heard his emotional story about the transformation that happened with him and some of his clients. Now, here's what you can do. You can be connected to Jeff's process to uh, to find creativity as a way to be seen, expressed, and connected. And what Jeff is all about is helping you to do, to take your potential and to actualize it. So you head on over to his website, jefflizowitz.com. That's J-E-F-F-L-E-I-S-A. W-I-T-Z dot com. And he has a coaching program there. And he has a process where he is able to utilize various guided meditations, personalized exercises, uh, repattering of your mindset and other techniques to help you overcome creative blocks, which include the fear of failure, the inner critic, the imposter syndrome and other processes. It's a practical application to help you to get your creative dreams off the ground. You've learned the process. You feel the emotion. Now you can do it. Here at Beyond Adversity, that's what we're all about. Helping find a process to help you to get through adverse impact, adverse events in your life. We call it the process of helping you to grow through what you go through. So I just invite you to head over to drbradmiller.com where we've got lots of great episodes for you there of the podcast and the teaching that I do are going to be helpful to you in your life. We come to you every week, so we invite you to connect with us and to be a part of the Beyond Adversity community. My name is Dr. Brad Miller. It is my pleasure and privilege to be with you and to be helpful in your process to achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. So next time, until next time, friends, until we join together next week, I just encourage you to continue to do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.